everything we know about the media, marketing, and advertising business is being completely upended thanks to technology and data. We're talking with some of the top industry leaders as they steer their companies through constant change. Welcome to Next in Marketing, presented by AppSquire. Hey guys, this is Mike Shields, and this week on Next in Marketing, we had a very special guest for our 2020 year-end episode. My old boss and colleague, Brian Morrissey, longtime editor-in-chief at Digiday. Brian and I talked about why, despite recent upheaval in digital media, he's actually very hopeful for the future of web publishing. Brian also explained why he sees parallels between digital media and the overcrowded and much-hyped DTC brand space. We talked predictions for 2021, why he's not worried about people increasingly finding ways to avoid ads, and his new Miami lifestyle. Let's get started. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Next in Marketing. I've got a very special guest here to help us close out 2020, the joy that it was. Uh, my old buddy, Brian Morrissey. Brian, how are you doing? Mike, this is a great honor. Thank you for inviting me on today. I'm I'm intimidated. You're you're a podcast pro. You're a former boss, um, respected colleague. Brian, how are how are you? Uh, how do we? Who are you? What do we? How do we describe you? <laughs> you're just a retired gen, uh, digital. I, I'm not retired. I'm 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 in exile. I'm taking a break. No, I'm um, right now. I w- I was the president and editor in chief of Digiday for almost a decade. Um, going back to when you and I worked there um, yep. many years ago. So you uh, broke up with me at Starbucks. We can talk about that later. Yeah, um, that brings, and that brings I up a lot of emotion. So I, we got to be careful. Mixed, I'm sure. Uh, I uh, I left in in October, and and now I'm sort of figuring out what to do next. And in the meantime, I am I'm writing a newsletter. I'm writing a Substack, like everyone as, but, as um, legal, legal legal required for extra. I know, I know. It's it's all very cliched. And I'm going to be launching a podcast. I was the host of the Digiday podcast for I don't know five years, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start a new podcast and uh, in the new year, um, probably under the rebooting brand. Is it a brand? Sure, no. oh, it's, it's absolutely a brand. Um, no, I'm, I'm excited you're here, Brian and I. Uh, we're colleagues at Ad. I was at Media Week. He was at Ad Week for a bunch of years, and we're together at Digiday. We've known each other forever. He's one of the smartest guys in media, and we're excited to have you. So. I want to talk about a million different things, but what, um, by the way, what have you, are, are you worried if our, like if our chemistry is so incredible that like, this is just going to take off? Like, I'm a little bit concerned about that. I am. I am. Like, it's, it's worrying for all of us. Like this could be like Mike and the Mad Dog or something. <laughs> we have 20 years. Uh, this is like a rewind. We need to get Jack in because this is like a rewind of going back to the, the little teeny weird room at, at WeWork. Yes. Um, at, uh, when we were really just starting at Digiday and and just trying to figure stuff out, yeah. those were fun times. Yeah, no, but I, I have good memories. It's just in retrospect. Yeah, circa 2011, there was there were like five of us in there trying to make phone calls in in a small room, and <laughs> everyone kept like talking louder yes. to try to get over the yes. other. <laughs> I'll try not to do that here. Uh, okay, you mentioned your newsletter, the reboot. That's that's. Uh, there's a reason you picked that theme. I think that's probably um, symbolic of where we are in 2020 and a lot of things are going mm-hmm. on in the industry. So t- just talk to me about why, what your mission is there, what you're thinking about. Okay, Mike, I know you're a loyal subscriber. It is the rebooting, okay? Right. Because I couldn't get the reboot um, domain name. And so um, I, some people from Vice and TechCrunch in Europe left and they started something called the reboot. It's very complicated, and I don't know whether I need to get lawyers involved. Uh, I've, this is also probably the fifth time I've mispronounced someone's company or name. That's so you're a good company. That's good. Um, no, I mean, I think obviously when this 
um, when coronavirus struck, um, I think the big question, what, um, other than how do we survive this, uh, was what what changes and what comes out of it. And I think we're seeing a, a, a rebooting of a lot of things and industries. I mean, we e-commerce has accelerated five years during the pandemic. Um, it's hard to imagine going back to an office like we had before. I do think that we, we obviously are missing a lot with all being in the same location. I don't think we would have been able to to do uh, what we did at Digiday if we weren't um, in that room at WeWork. But it clearly, you know, how we work is going to change. And I think, you know, media itself is is going to change. I mean, this crisis has obviously accelerated a lot of trends. And I think the same is going to be true in media. Are, are you thinking about that? Because so much of your time at, at Digiday, you were very, very focused on the digital publishing industry and, and, the, mm-hmm. and that business model. Are you thinking mostly about those folks in your, in your journey on the rebooting or, or really or, or the entire industry? I mean, mostly, but I think every, it's hard for me to imagine, say, any part or side of of the industry, of the media industry, um, not going through fairly profound change. I mean, don't you think? Yeah. Well, I, I wonder, because I was thinking about this, I wonder, even before COVID, right, you were seeing the, it sort of seemed like the end of the era of the VC-backed social media-born publisher that was really shrinking, and then I think you know that that business. Every one of those companies were trying to find new business models or trying to survive or team up. Now you've seen just recently you've got you know HuffPo coming together with BuzzFeed, and then you also have. Uh, it's also interesting that you've had so many big names from digital publishing jump to traditional media recently, like there was yeah. Ben Smith and um, who am I forgetting that just made a huge jump. Um, Ezra Klein. Ezra Klein, right from Vox. Yeah. Well, so- that's just the New York Times, right? I mean, the New York Times, I mean, they won, right? I mean, they, and that's why I think the acceleration theme is, is it's kind of cliche, but it's, you know, cliches uh, often exist for a reason, is because, um, you know, look, the New York Times had, had pivoted to a subscription model, what, seven years ago? And I think one of the hallmarks of any crisis is the strong get stronger. And, um, and they do that by preying on the weaker. And, and by that, I don't mean to like sort of knock either BuzzFeed or Vox as I do. Um, but, you know, their business models were a lot weaker than the New York Times is. And so the New York Times is, is using this period as an opportunity to get stronger because they can but it's interesting. I don't I think would, you would you have called that. I don't think I would have called that. Um, I guess it was maybe what was it five years ago when the when the Times Innovation Report came out, and it seemed like yeah, you know, it seemed like the new guys like BuzzFeed knew that knew how to play this new game: digital publishing, distribution, analytics. The Times mm-hmm. and others were hopelessly slow, and they were and they were in trouble, and it's really shifted. Yeah, I think so. But I think that era was really weird. Beyond the Capitol. You know, a lot of distribute. It was it was very heavy on the distribution, and a lot of people mastered a lot of tactics of distribution. Um, and I think the the challenge of any of these sort of growth hacks um, is the playbook becomes sort of widely available, right? So, you know, the effectiveness wears off. It's kind of like um, 
you see this with advertising, like any sort of advertising tactic quickly, the effectiveness quickly wears off. And um, because it becomes overused or it just becomes everyone ends up knowing it. I mean, you even see this like with like newsletters. Like, I don't know, are, are you sick of like seeing a newsletters with um, these like emoji in the subject line because that like gets higher open rates. Yeah, that's, it's like that's, everyone knows this. So now everyone has a it, freaking It reminds me of like there. the dry cleaners that starts with AAA because the yellow pages that would give you like some kind of hook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then all the all the uh the dry cleaners do it, I guess. I don't know. Is the same the same dynamics exist in the dry cleaning industry? I, I'm not as tuned into the yellow pages uh dynamic right at the moment, but I think there's probably something to that. But uh um, did they get a lot of venture capital? I, I would not, that's, that, that would not be where I'd put my, put my money right now. Th- that is honestly, it's another industry. That, I mean, they're like, they've been decimated. I mean, who is getting dry cleaning done? No, I'm wearing no a there was a story that uh, they're, they're in deep trouble. They need, yeah. like, they need a buyout. We've, we've taken a weird turn already here. Everyone needs, everyone needs a bailout. I yes. swear to God. Like, that's the biggest problem. It's like, oh, we got to bail out the restaurants. It's like, well, you got to bail out like everyone. Yeah. Pretty soon. I mean, no, it's going to be. Which is also kind of how you like bailing out everyone is, is actually what the government should do. Yes. Uh, assuming there was a functioning government, but that's a couple months down the road. But what about, okay. So you, you talked about how the, so many publishers were, you know, they, they, like, like you mentioned, like BuzzFeed launches Tasty on Facebook and it explodes. It's a huge brand. And then you can't do that again. How many other publishers can do that so that they run out of room? I think then all of a sudden, everybody in that space was, okay, well, let's do e-commerce. Let's do subscription. Let's, all, let's, let's jump on the same business model again and again. And, that, and you're, you're pro-diversifying revenue, but what happens then when everybody's trying to do the same playbook again and again? I mean, I don't know if the playbook is the same, right? Like, I mean, I think the, I think everyone has, not everyone, but it's sort of widely accepted now that, you know, it's better to make money a bunch of different ways than, than through one way. And particularly if that, if that one way is advertising, right? I mean, that's pretty accepted now. And BuzzFeed was already diversifying its revenue quite a bit. And I think obviously this just accelerated. I mean, you can remember when, when we were working together, I guess when BuzzFeed was, yeah, it was just all native advertising. John Steinberg was like, well, never run a display yeah. ad again. It's yeah, they like, were proud of it. Eh, it's dumb. Yeah, I mean, look, it's marketing, right? It's PR. But, um, you know, obviously you need to have programmatic advertising. BuzzFeed um, now relies on programmatic advertising for a large part of their their business. There's nothing wrong with programmatic advertising. Clearly, um, commerce is uh, is is just yet another way to to make money off of um, off of franchises, and makes a lot of sense. So I just think this is, I, I don't know if it's in, that interesting, but like, it's, there's definitely, you know, this acceleration to um, diversifying the, the amount of ways you make money. Although, you know, what's interesting, you've written a lot about Axios, which is a, they've been an incredible mm-hmm. success story in a short period of time, fascinating model. They kind of accidentally stumbled into an awesome advertising business and that's yeah. kind of their, their focus right now. But I think if you listen to Jim Vandehye, I always want to say Vandehye, but it's Vandehye. Talk, and I know I I had a, um, when I had a podcast on on a few times, um, you know, that has a ceiling, right? And so, you know, they're coming up with their next sort of product, which I guess is going to be, you know, helping companies um, send like Axios-like newsletters. I don't, 
understand why that's an enterprise software product personally to put like be smart and bullet points, but right. maybe it is. <laughs> um, you know, I, that, that segment of the advertising market, which is, um, you know, basically it's public policy. Companies like this GE is, talking about how they're doing good for the planet or things like that. And yeah, this is the stuff that supported uh, roll call and um, uh, and the Hill uh, back in the day when when they were you know really lucrative businesses just off of being twenty thousand you know that was their circulation because they were in every single congressional office and so if you're Exxon wanting to you know promote the fact that you are really doing great things for the planet um, you know you take out a full page ad in um, in Roll Call and the Hill. Uh, that and they charged a ton of money mm -hmm. for that. This is the digital equivalent of that stuff. And, and instead of like Exxon, it's Google and Facebook. <laughs> right, right. But you, you kind of let me in my question: Is that and Facebook? Like, Facebook can run the, the equivalent of a full page ad saying how like they're 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 so great. Like yeah, uh, you read they, it, you feel good about the future. So right, and... everything's fine in the country. Um, but is there are there any? What can we? Are there lessons learned, or can the can that can the Axios model be? replicate anywhere else? Or is it really unique in that respect? I mean, I think it can be replicated in that you can find pockets of, um, of growth. Like I think, and we talked about this, I'm sure when, um, when we were in that little terrible, we work room, um, you know, we talk about publishing or media as if like, it's, it's one thing and it's not like everyone has different businesses. I know like it, you know, back when we had events, you know, digital events, we would be talking, it's a digital publishing summit. And it's like, yeah, you've got like some arbitrage publisher, you have the New York Times, you know, you have someone who's basically a production studio, like, you know, Gimlet or something. Like there's so many different- They're all media companies models. or publishers in some respect. Yeah. And, but like, they're very, they're very different. Same as with the advertising, um, industry. So like you can say, oh, you know, the advertising is very challenged. Well, sort of, but, but let's unpack what kind of advertising, um, you know, there's pockets of advertising that are doing quite well. And so publishers that aim for, you know, for instance, like why, why did the morning, morning brew get bought for a really good multiple? I mean, with no money raised, I mean, right. Very little money people there. Yeah. Because newsletter advertising is is broadly pretty effective. And um, and they zeroed in on an area, a, a format of advertising that that works real well on both the branding and the and the response side. And uh, from the outside at least, it seems like they really nailed it with a lot of these DTC brands too. Um, looking to reach a, a younger audience. So you pair those two together, you've got a really good advertising business at a time when you can say, well, advertising is very challenged and Google and Facebook are taking it all. It's like, well, there's still pockets that are doing really well. I mean, you look at like dot dash, you know, like they're doing fine. Yeah. That's a tremendous story that it's still, uh, still not enough people understand that how hard that is and, and does just doesn't happen that you re reboot a digital media company out of nowhere. Oh, thank you for using the brand. Even it's the rebooting. Yeah. Oh, well done. I you, you kind of had to do that three times. Uh, so, okay, but you kind of you kind of hinted at it with with the the DTC guys, right? 
even before COVID, I think every every marketer was trying to become more. They were all they all had DTC envy. They all wanted to be like Casper and have, you know, no no middleman and direct to consumer relationships, lots of data and cutting out all the the uh, the pricing. But that, but that's really hard for the Procter and Gamble's and Unilevers. But now I think people wonder how much how much is COVID accelerating this change and and are we going to see like almost the end of the branding era? And I don't know if that's a little bit too extreme, but do you think we're going to this place where advertising is going to be 100% about performance marketing? I think advertising is always about performance at the end of the day. Um, uh, you know, marketers are, they got one job, it's to sell more stuff. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of times, and we were probably guilty of this, uh, sort of bifurcated the market unnaturally between brand and direct response. Um, I might've done it actually just in answering the last question, but you know, in fact, there's always been a blend, um, between the two. I think what's going on with DTC is, is it's interesting in that, like, you know, we, we launched a, a, a retail brand, a Digiday when I was there called Modern Retail. And one of the things it was weird going into a new area um, from just thinking about uh, publishing and advertising for so long, but pretty soon, like you start to see some dynamics that were very similar. And I think DTC is kind of similar in that, like there was a lot of digital upstarts, many of which were benefiting from uh, a lot of venture capital flowing in and they mastered a particular channel. And you sort of, if you, if you think about it a little bit uh, uh, in, in publishing, when you think about BuzzFeed and Vox and the rest of them, they sort of did the same thing. I mean, they, they stole a march on the New York Times and stuff like this by mastering a particular channel, which is digital and social. And um, I think DTC is the same way. DTC is a channel at the end of the day. Uh, Casper, um, I'm now in Miami. Uh, if you go down to the, the Lincoln Lincoln Mall area, you know, there's a Casper store there. Um, you know, ultimately, just like um, just like the New York Times and BuzzFeed and and Vox and Vice all end up competing with each other, I think it's the same thing in the DTC in that you know these digitally native brands ultimately end up competing with their uh, their legacy um, the legacy brands. Um, it's just a race to see who 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 has the best. Um, advantages, right? Well, would you assume, I'm going to guess in so many of those categories, we're not, the world is not going to need 15 different uh, mattress brands and 20 different direct consumer sock brands. And there's going to be some fallout. Is it going to be a similar dynamic to publishing where the big guys eventually win and there's consolidation? Or do we go to a world where marketplaces kind of rule and that's Amazon, Walmart, well, I mean, I think if we were to sort of go with the, it's it's a lot like digital publishing. I mean, you've got, you'll see overwhelmingly powerful platforms. Um, in this case, it's it's going to be Amazon. It'll be Walmart. It'll be a lot of actually the grocery, um, grocery companies are actually interesting. Um, Shopify. I think Shopify is one of the most uh, interesting technology companies um, that I know about. Yeah. Um, because they're sort of straddling. Um, the side of being like kind of like a marketplace, but really um, uh, powering these these independent brands. Um, we'll see a lot of legacy players who are unable to to master new channels, and more importantly, have horrible cost bases um, uh, that they're unable to uh, fix. We saw that in um, 
in in publishing, right? I mean, look at all the newspaper companies. You know, they're saddled with these horrible cost bases. I mean, the worst is like they're if they have their legacy newspaper company and they're owned by private equity. But I think we'll see the same thing. But then just like we saw in digital publishing, a lot of the sort of upstarts fell away, right? Because they didn't, they mastered the tactics of the era, whether that was SEO uh, with with HuffPost or whether that was um, social distribution with uh, Upworthy or someone mm-hmm. like that. But they never really built really strong brands. And I think the same thing is going to happen in DC, DTC and is happening in DTC because like a lot of, just like in digital publishing, where a lot of these digitally native publishers were bragging about these gigantic audiences and stuff like this, they didn't really have them. They were renting them from Facebook right. or, or Google. Same thing with the DTC brands. They can talk about giant customer bases, but they're buying them from Instagram. I mean, Instagram is the is the new mall. And like, if they don't build real brands, that they can have that, you know, the, that loyalty and repeat, then you can't just keep going back and paying for acquisition. And a lot of these brands, from what I can tell, are just, they're, um, they're addicted to, um, to their, their paid acquisition. Um, and they run out and, of room and the, and the, and there's too crowded and there's not, there's not another Facebook. Your margins are just going to get crushed by, if you have to pay it, constantly um and that's i don't know i see that i don't really understand that dynamic because i understand like you know look paid paid can really help you uh, turbocharge growth and that's you know i think a well-known strategy now um but when you start to like when your retention is dependent on like retargeting mm, yeah that mm. you start to run in a room fast it seems like let's talk about a broader advertising state of the industry trend Ooh. And that is like, I, I call this like the, the unreachable problem that is like, ex, there's an existential challenge the industry faces, I think, in general. Uh, there's, there were always people that were hard to reach. You always hear like, young males are hard to reach or, you know, young people are tough to reach, light TV viewers. Now you've got, I would say, a big chunk of the country that they primarily stream. They watch mostly Netflix, a lot of maybe some Disney Plus. They don't listen to radio. They, they listen to Spotify and they are... They'll do what they can to avoid advertising digitally, and they're just really challenging, you know. Or, or they play tons of video games, which is just not a great or not a vehicle with tons of advertising. Is the industry facing that, and can they do anything about that? Is that a big deal? I, do you, I know you had email. Do you really think that that's the case? Like, I mean, I I was like looking down. I was like, okay, I I have Netflix. I don't have cable TV. Um, right. I do all this stuff. I have Spotify, you know. I was I was going through my year of Spotify. I'm still I'm still listening to a lot of rock, Oasis. Right. But so, <laughs> like but do you feel guy. like advertisers can get you, you know, very I, I, Advertisers can reach me all the time. I'm like I'm like I, and uh, it, Instagram. Do you ever read Instagram? Yeah. That, yeah. No. I've seen you see ads left and right, and they're actually a pleasant experience. But you'll you'll always hear that person that's like, "Oh, I don't. I've never seen a TV commercial." But who is pushing this idea? Of, my question is, who's pushing this idea of the unreachables? Because I usually end up thinking like they're selling something. I actually made it up, but um, and I, <laughs> oh, you I have did? nothing to gain Are from you it. selling this? No, it's the it's the title of my book that I'm working on. But thank you for okay, the unreachables. Right. I like the name. I, it's a good brand. Yeah. Oh, it's it's got legs, but. 
Um, but you don't, you don't no, think it's worrisome? I don't think it's, I don't think it's, uh, no. Why, like, why is that worrisome? Like, we have so much to worry about. We're in the middle of a pandemic, my friend. Right, but if you are, if you're a traditional <laughs> brand and you're looking at. Is this what you're worried about? Yeah, well, if you're, <laughs> you're, 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 how do I reach people and no one watches TV anymore and they're all, and, and I want to sell Charmin and, and like the, you know, the average age is 75 on network television. Like, what do I do? You don't think that's like a freak out moment or you think it's there's so no. many other avenues we're fine no they're fine do you are okay let me do you think it's i mean advertising seeps everywhere it's inescapable like it, it goes it it's just like uh, capitalism doesn't exist without advertising like i'm not like someone who like oh i hate advertising right. stuff like this no it's like this is the 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 lubricant of, of capitalism yeah, no, I mean, advertising is fine. I was like, I was uh, running the other uh, uh, the other day here and, you know, the water is everywhere. And, you know, sure enough, like, you know, I'm like running into the Venetian islands and like over some like causeway and stuff. And one of those Ballyhoo boats is like going by with like a giant video ad. Trust me, You're <laughs> advertisers will find a way. Right. I'm reachable. <laughs> if they found me while I was running across a causeway in Miami, <laughs> I'm not too concerned. I'm going to put that far down on my list. Okay, you're not. But what, okay, <laughs> now there was there was a story in the journal yesterday, maybe about Group M was there forecasting that um, digital is finally the majority of media spending, which is not that's not surprising. But um, it made me th- like, do you think there is still way too much money tied up in television? And we've yeah. talked about that for how many years? It's going to, someone's going to get that right. We're going to get that seventy billion, and is that going to change? Is that going to collapse? Where, where is it going? I mean, I don't like. Didn't all the money already go to like digital? Yeah, I thought most. I thought it's. I thought now it's going the opposite direction. Like people are like, "Whoa, we're overweighted on digital." I think it depends if you're again if you're all in on e-commerce right now and 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 merchandising and stuff like that. You're you're ramping up your Amazon presence, I guess. But where would you spend your money? Where would I spend my money? I, let's, I think, let's come up with a product and like where you would like, I would do like mostly acquisition. Uh, you, I would dump it. <laughs> it depends on what kind of brand we're talking about. Um, but I, I, I'm always talking to people about, I feel like, and I, this is, I'm totally colored by having three young boys. Like they got to figure out video games somehow brands or they're yeah. in trouble. Like that's going to be a challenge. Like I can't pay my, I mean, my kids are younger. I cannot pay them to watch football with me or anything on a Sunday afternoon. Like, they're they're going to be hard to reach in that respect. Now that's going to that could change when they're teenagers. I don't know, but that's an area I would try and figure out. I guess you know, obviously, it depends on the product. But I mean, I would do like like as much as like people love to like hate on Facebook and stuff like this. I would like dump it all on Instagram. Instagram. I interact. The Instagram ad experience is by far the best ad experience that I've ever seen. Maybe that's me. Like, I mean, it's like it's native. It is effective. It is relevant. Like you do have real serendipity. Like it's about. things you. It's not necessarily like retargeting. Yeah. It's like, oh, I never knew that thing. It's really it, it, they're they are scary good at coming up with weird stuff you might. And like. it's like weird. You you've you've and I feel like they know really well when to take you out of a segment and put in it, it put you into a new segment. Like I mean, they. I was in a meat and tender segment for like several months of, 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 of the pandemic. Cause I was ordering a lot of is like that a dating app. What meat. is that? No, <laughs> like mail order meat. Like, I don't know, like oh. butcher box and stuff oh, okay. like this. And, um, and then all of a sudden, like I find myself in some sort of like, you know, Japanese home goods. 
Or no, oh, I was in um, some like overpriced condiment. Uh, I bought some like Japanese barbecue sauce. So I was in some like overpriced condiment um, uh, segment. But you're right. Instagram doesn't have, I, I, you don't have, you don't leave with the feeling of like, Jesus Christ, they're retargeting. I already booked the hotel. Stop pounding me. Like it, it is, it is remarkably better targeted than most of the web. But on that, okay. So on that note, are you, I know you worry about, um, but seriously, if you had a product, would you buy like display advertising? <sighs> I mean, I, I guess run next to, run next to a, a news article. I guess if you're, if oh. you're doing the, you just left the shopping cart thing, I guess, even though people hate you. Yeah, and, sure. Um, do, do some, do some retargeting, you know, to make sure your sausages are top of mind. Okay. Well, all right. So what about this? Not to get too nerdly with you because I know you struggle with ad tech concepts, but I don't. What happens? <laughs> Actually, with, I do. What with, I with cookie. Okay. Cookies are going away. You're going to IDFA. Apple's changing targeting. Everyone's saying how it's just going to be totally different soon. Next year, we're going to get regulated. Mm. Like what mm. does, what happens to the industry? Does it does it does that is that better for Instagram and everybody tries to copy them? Is display get worse and better, uh, you know, an untargeted mess. Like what, 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 what's going to happen? Here's my slightly ill-informed take. Are you ready? The ad tech world will screw it up. <laughs> what will happen is everyone will, there's no conferences now, I guess. I guess there's like a million webinars. Everyone go on a million webinars and say, we need to have a digital identifier. Um, and, and this is, you know, the only way to replace the cookie. Otherwise Google and Facebook are going to yeah, take they're all, uh, they're, the trade desk is working on one. They're all working on one together. Maybe so then they'll, then they'll all work on their own and there will be, there'll be like <laughs> seven of them, which they're, I think there are about five now. They'll probably end up being seven of them when there should be one, maybe two. And it'll be so splintered that marketers will just be like, uh, yeah, we're going to just going to Yeah. I mean, but like that's, it's unfortunate, I guess, to some, because you want to have a much more competitive market. I think everyone sort of wants that, except for maybe Google and Facebook. And they might even want it a little bit with the regulators. Um, but, I, you know, all that competition, you know, means that you're going to have uh, fragmentation. And, and the fragmentation means you're, you're not going to end up solving the problem. I mean, the third-party cookie was um, obviously flawed. It was never meant to do the job it did, but it was at least one thing, mm -hmm. you know, and it was, it was a sort of unified system, whereas it seems like where this is going with all these different digital identity things is like, there's going to be too many of them. So you're not confident that hundreds of ad tech companies will all come together and just like figure out a thing that we're all, we're all going to do and that'll work out? No, no, I'm not. Uh, that's deflating. Are you? Uh, You're on top of this stuff. Well, I think from what I, it's what really complicates is that it's still like not their browser and all these things you want to do make make that advantage mm. advantage advantage of the the the, the duopoly. I think, um, but I also wonder like, okay, how big are you on? Like, there's a lot of talk about regulate. You know, that we already have a lot of regulation coming in with California and we've had GDPR. But is like job one of the Biden administration going to be to like take on this part of the of the industry? Yeah. Do, do we overhype the interest in DC on this issue right now? I mean, I definitely think that the Biden administration first is going <laughs> to focus on ad tech, like the doc, I mean, like, like, like doc, I don't understand like, DACA and the ad what? tech. Like, like day one, <laughs> day one, it's going to be ad tech. 
And then they're going to get probably to the coronavirus. <laughs> Join the, the Paris seat. Agreement and the IEB. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not going to do anything. I mean, come on. The government's not going to do anything. I don't, I don't there's not going to be a national law or something something crazy. I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, maybe, but like you know, divided government is, um, you know, the stock market always goes up with with divided government because like nothing that means nothing's going to happen. Nothing major is going to happen, and so the status quo will prevail. And despite what people in business say, like I mean, they love the status quo. They don't like change. And advertising um, will continue. Although I think what's interesting is, yeah, advertising is going to continue is like, um, you know, there's like weird coalitions that are taking place. I do think there are a lot of like a lot of changes. Like, and you sort of look at like at the constituency. I don't think the FTC is going to do much, but there's not a lot of like constituencies that are now like, quote unquote, pro platform. If you just go back to, um, uh, you know, Obama administration. No, with, with Facebook. It was, you know, like, co- yeah, they cruisiness. were yeah. Silicon Valley. Um, and then look, I mean, Biden will probably bring back a lot of the, the Obama people, but you don't find, you find like as much like distrust of um, quote unquote big tech on both sides now. It's like, it's sort of weird in, in that way. And that for different reasons, um, all across the political spectrum, they got problems with it. I mean, that's why like, I don't know. Facebook begging to be regulated is just something else. Like, I don't know. I like, uh, I, I read the economist cause you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a person. and they had, they always have their, like, uh, their like full page ads in the economist. So print is not dead. It's always, it's like begging. We believe in regulation. Right. It's like, right. They're essentially you? lobbying like with, with every, with every, <laughs> with every ad there. Um, yeah. cause yeah, once they're, once they're, Consider regulated, then they can do whatever. Oh, I well, you know, I'm regulated. I'm I'm covered, right? Like, I feel like that's where they're. Yeah, and I think you know, it, it gives it gives it gives some pr- predictability and and rules of the road and stuff. Right. And, and they want to they want to ward off. Um, you know, I mean, the worst case scenario was I remember when someone was saying it's like, can you imagine Jeff Sessions trying to like <laughs> <laughs> trying to like take apart Facebook, like yeah. or like Google? It's like, oh God, Jeff Sessions is going to decide, you know, where the yeah, you know, ad server goes. Perhaps and not stuff. savvy enough to to jump in, <laughs> <laughs> which obviously they've got you know expertise and stuff like that 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 can do that. But you know, the government is not very. And I feel like the United States just simply doesn't want the government to try to uh, pick winners and losers uh, for good reason. I mean, if you remember, like the case against Microsoft, I mean, how long did that go on? And by the time it like came to the end, yeah, like, it was too late. The problem they were trying to remedy was like gone. No one's using Netscape right now. Like it doesn't. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, you know. And so even if like for some reason you know, I feel like Biden tries to. Um, do anything on this or gets gets pressured into doing it it would take so long that it's just it just becomes a stalemate like i mean you know google and facebook i remember like when google they tried to like um regulate google first time like i mean google hired all the microsoft people right and it's like all the there was all these people in 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 Washington that were already like well-versed in fighting the government on behalf of Microsoft. So they just went over to Google. Yeah. I don't know. There's all these people like, it's just like, okay, we'll just take the same army and we'll just point them. And, and it takes forever to get anything done. Yeah. And then there's other priorities come up. Europeans are more crazy about this stuff anyway. So. Yeah. Um, all right, Brian, let's, we're running out of time here. What? Um, I mean, I love talking about European regulation with you, but um, 
Let's. You want to? I don't know why you went left. I don't know where we got here. Uh, it, we're coming up on the end of this wonderful year. Give us some some twenty twenty one project uh, predictions for immediate advertising. Oh, no. You didn't prepare me for this. No, one. not at all. <laughs> okay. Well, um, all right, me, I'll, I'll phrase it this way. How about? What have, what have we said is going to change forever that will actually go back to the way it was? Like, I wonder about that. When vaccine tomorrow, are all these media companies and, ever, and are they going to go a lot slower? And, you know, they're all talking about everything's accelerated and they move fast. Is that going to all change or is anything going to go back to the old ways? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what is not going, not going to change. Let me try to like sort of refer, I guess for, on the prediction side is I predict that the Substack revolution doesn't really happen. There, that, are, there um, are too many, probably. Well, it, that it's a very niche phenomenon that um, these quote-unquote star um, journalist types, creator types mm-hmm. or whatever, really want to go out and, um, and build their own brands and, and little companies. I mean, you have a company, you know uh, what a pain in the ass it is right. Like, I mean, I feel like anytime any sort of journalist says that they're thinking about doing this, they should be forced to open up QuickBooks mm-hmm. and like spend a day in QuickBooks, and and then they'll they'll, they'll shut it down and they'll be like, you know what? I I'm, I like I'm, it. I'm check every two weeks. It's nice. Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't want, I don't want any part of this. <laughs> I, there's a lot of things, so I don't think that is 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 going to happen. Um, one thing that I do think is going to happen. I do think we're going to see the birth of a new group of digital media companies that um, learns from the past. I don't think they're going to be, for the most part, venture funded. They might have a little bit of financial backing. I think they're going to be extremely lightweight. I think you know models like Defector are interesting. I think um, it that's going to be challenged by the fact that 18 owners, that's just, that's sort of the recipe for like a Lord of the Flies situation. Um, but I do think that there are, I think what Substack's getting at is the need for um, a much more lightweight publishing model that um, doesn't have uh, a lot of the infrastructure that um, that being a media company has required. Well, I like so, that. That's I mean, hopeful. A new breed of digital media companies that learns and, and does it the right way, theoretically. Yeah. I think so. I hope so. All right. Well, Brian, this was awesome. Thank you so much for being here. What a terrific conversation. And let's do this again. Or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. next week, yeah. right? All right. Yeah. Every every Tuesday. <laughs> let's do it. Okay, perfect. I'm, I'm available. All right. Well, thanks so much. <laughs> thanks, Mike. A big thanks to my guest this week, Brian Morrissey, former longtime Digiday Editor-in-Chief, and of course, my partners at AppSlyer. If you like this episode, please take a moment to rate and leave a review. We have lots more to bring you, so be sure to hit the subscribe button, and we'll see you next time for more on what's next in marketing. Thanks for listening.